Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Everything's Gonna Be All Right edition. As the Bengals open the season with a lackluster performance, to put it nicely, losing their opener at Cleveland 24-3. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays and locker room comments from players and coaches. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, team president Mike Brown joins me to discuss high expectations, the booming business of the NFL, and responding to letters from fans. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the players who join us on our weekly radio shows. Dave Lapham and I host two shows together every week, the Bengals Game Plan Show on Wednesday nights from 6 to 8 and the Bengals Pep Rally Show on Friday afternoons from 3 to 6. At nearly every show, a current player joins us. And in addition to spending an hour with us on the radio, they always sign autographs and pose for pictures during the commercial breaks. Last week, Orlando Brown Jr. and Nick Scott were our guests, and they were awesome with fans. We don't know our guests yet for this week, but we do know our locations. We'll be at the Holy Grail Banks on Wednesday night, and Wings and Rings in Fairfield next to Jungle Gyms on Friday. Hope to see you there. Now, let's get to Sunday's frustrating season opener on a dreary, rainy, and gray day in Cleveland. The Bengals got the ball to begin the game and immediately connected on third down and nine on a 12-yard pass from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That was their longest pass completion all day, and their only third down conversion in eight tries in the first half. Shotgun snap, blitz coming, Burrow in trouble, and Joe will be sacked. Didn't lose much, he lost two yards as he tried to run forward, but he does get sacked by Okoronkwo, a free agent acquisition, and the Bengals will bring in rookie punter Brad Robbins. That was a familiar theme as the Bengals punted on their first seven possessions. Here's Tyler Boyd, on floundering on third down. That hurt us a lot because we pride ourselves on staying out there and, and converting, you know, in third down especially because we know that's when man coverage is going to come and that's when the one-on-one opportunities come and that's when we make the big plays that you usually see and you didn't today because uh, they got the best of us. The Browns weren't much better in the early going. Their first six drives included four punts and a fumble, but they did manage to get on the scoreboard early in the second quarter. The snap, the placement, the right-footed kick, a high-spinning yep. end-over-end kick, and it has given the Cleveland Browns a 3-0 lead. It was still 3-0 late in the half when the Browns put together the best drive that either team had all day. It featured five first downs, covered 67 yards, and ended with the game's first touchdown. Second and 10 from the Bengals, 13. Watson Uh-oh. runs a quarterback draw. He's at the 10, the 5, touchdown Cleveland. The Browns led 10-0 at the half. The Bengals' defense was playing okay, but the offense was anemic. Here's Ted Karras. Our defense was executing. They gave us a lot of chances to, to win the game. We didn't do it. 
Second half highlights in a moment, but first, a reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. The Bengals' offense came to life to begin the second half, getting help on a pass interference penalty to drive within field goal range. Bengals trying to get on the scoreboard here in the third quarter, trailing by 10. McPherson's kick is up, and it is good to put Cincinnati on the scoreboard for the first time in 2023. They were only down by a touchdown, and things really started looking up when the Bengals got a takeaway on the Browns' next possession. Watson walks up to the line of scrimmage, now backs up into the gun. Left foot in front of right, he catches the shotgun snap, fakes the chub, does a whirly bird before scrambling to the left. Couple of Bengals taken down, there's a penalty flag, but the pass is intercepted. Dax Hill has the ball, running up the near sideline, and he goes out of bounds at the 50-yard line. But after driving to the Cleveland 33, Joe Burrow's deep ball to T. Higgins was broken up at the last instant by Cleveland safety Grant Delpit. Here's Higgins on that key defensive play. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a great play by him. He put his hand up at the right time. If he didn't do that, that's a catch. If he hadn't, it probably would have been a game-tying touchdown. Instead, the Bengals had to settle for a 51-yard field goal try. Bengals trying to score field goals on back-to-back possessions in the second half after being shut out in the first. The kick is up, and it is wide right. It is no good. It was Money Mac's first miss from 50-plus since 2021. The Browns answered with a field goal to take a 13-3 lead to the fourth quarter and kicked another one early in the fourth to make it 16-3. The Bengals were running out of chances, and Zach Taylor knew it as the Bengals went for it on fourth and four from their own 31 with 10 and a half minutes remaining. Fourth down and four, shotgun snap to Burrow. Joe scrambling to the right, sacked by Miles Garrett inside the 20. Miles Garrett with his first sack of the season, and it comes at a great time. It'll give the Browns the ball in the red zone. And four plays later, they were in the end zone. Watson throws a pass, caught in the end zone by a sliding Harrison Bryant for a Cleveland Browns touchdown. And Deshaun Watson is doing his, uh, he's skipping to the 50-yard line and now coming back to celebrate with his teammates. This game means a lot to Deshaun Watson. The Browns won it 24-3, and it was a brutal day for Joe Burrow. Unlike last season's opener, where he threw four interceptions, Joe didn't have any turnovers. But he only completed 14 of 31 passes. That's 45% the first time Joe has ever completed less than half of his throws in 50 NFL starts, including playoff games. Joe finished with 82 passing yards. His previous low was 148, and Joe's passer rating of 52.2 was also a new career low. The Browns' defensive backs deserve much of the credit. They got really good corners. You know, Denzel and and Emerson are, are two of the better corners in the league, I think, uh, you know, Newsom is a, is a great nickel, too, so they got a great secondary. Uh, obviously, we weren't good enough in me putting the ball in the right place and in our one-on-one situations. We just didn't come out on top today. But as good as the Browns were defensively, Burrow just looked off. The five weeks of training camp that he missed surely was a factor. Your quarterback doesn't perform in training camp. You know, that was obviously something that I would have 
like to have done, but uh, there's no excuses. It's uh, obviously not not very good today, uh, so we got to be better. Consider that Joe threw eight passes for T. Higgins and didn't complete any of them. He threw nine for Jamar Chase and completed five for 39 yards. And Chase is now public enemy number one in Cleveland after making a crack about the Browns' 50-yard line elf logo last week that was turned into bulletin board material. I was among the reporters who talked to Chase after the game. We're not accustomed to seeing the offense struggle to the extent that it did today. How would you describe today's game? Um, went too good on the offensive side. Uh, fell into some conditions we weren't ready for, for real, so uh, just got to be ready to execute the next time. Conditions as in weather? Yep. Did you just feel flat? How would you describe how it felt out there? Uh, nothing just was going our way, for real. We had good looks, had good opportunities. They played man. I mean, we had good looks. We just didn't execute on them. Joe missed about five weeks. Were you guys a little out of sync? Probably. That's probably what it was. Probably that. You know what I'm saying? Don't, know, don't nobody really knows until we look at the film. You gotta execute. I don't wanna keep blaming that on the conditions, but that's what it looked like for us. And play. You think the offense was just out of sync aside from the other, just things that normally don't happen for y'all happen? Um, I mean, we didn't get a lot of stuff going our way. You know what I'm saying? Um, we had a couple of drop passes on both on our end. Um, chose getting rushed a couple of times. We just didn't execute when we had the looks. What about their defense? They seemed to be real aggressive in what they were doing in terms of pressure and coverage. Was the weather a factor there? Did they decide to get more aggressive, do you think? The game plan for their defense, what we had, we already was expecting it. They did exactly what we was expecting. Um, like I said, we just didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they gave us. Jamar, Zach said after the game that this was not you. This performance was not this team. What do you think, can you put your finger on, why you guys just weren't yourselves today? I don't know. If he, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that, bro, honestly. Jamar, we saw this team last year started 0-2 and you guys still made the AFC Championship. We know slow starts are going to derail a season, but just how frustrating is it to have the build-up, start the season, and come here and, and not play well? Um, it's frustrating because I called the ass elves, and we just lost to some elves, so I'm pissed on my part. I'm not, I'm pissed on, on that end. Um, like I said, man, we got missed opportunities. We didn't capitalize on that, and, and we lost, so that's how we lost. John was with the point about, I guess, bullets and board material with all the elf stuff and all that. What did you, what did you make of all that did you, throughout the week? Up? He just wanted to have some attention, so he just, you know what I'm saying? How prepared are you for the for the blowback that might come with the, the comments you made and then the result of this game? What blowback? I mean, did you say if they got a problem with me saying something I'm saying right now, they soft. If they soft with me saying elves, they soft then. There's a gigantic elf in the middle of the field in Cleveland. It's not like Chase just randomly called the Browns elves, but whatever. Cleveland won the game. Their players, coaches, and fans get to gloat until they meet again in the final game of the regular season. Meanwhile, the Bengals overcame an 0-2 start last year, but they can ill afford another one. Here are Burrow, Orlando Brown Jr., and Tyler Boyd. Week one doesn't define anybody's season, obviously. Not very good out there, but anybody that watched saw that. Uh, but we've been in this spot before. We've come back stronger and, and had great years, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, I don't want to use the word frustrated, man. Uh, it's definitely disappointing, but at the end of the day, that's football. And it's not always going to be perfect, you know what I mean? It's it's other games, and we'll have other opportunities to prove ourselves right. Because I think overall we played great defense, played a heck of a game. 
offense, uh, we, we started getting things going, but we never got consistent at moving the ball. And uh, you can say whatever you want about the weather, but uh, Dave was out there making plays. The Browns made plays, enough plays to win. So um, just we didn't make enough plays. That's what it's going to come down to. It's one week, obviously not up to our standard, not up to my standard, but we got 16 more of them. So we're just going to keep trucking. Speaking of trucking, Browns running back Nick Chubb finished with 106 yards on 18 carries. In 10 career games against the Bengals, he's topped 100 yards six times. There aren't many running backs that have that much success when DJ Reader is on the field for Cincinnati. I spoke to the Bengals' defensive tackle about the dismal opener. I'm sure that was the total opposite of what everybody in this room expected. You just came out and really couldn't seem to get much going, particularly in the offensive end. Yeah, I think we came out. We were a little flat just as a team in general. Um, but... You know, it's tough. We got to get back to the drawing board. I know it's such a cliche saying, and I hate saying it, obviously. But we got to go back in there and do a thing. Um, got a lot of guys in, in our team, on our team, that good guys play a lot of good ball. So, I mean, we're not tripping off who we are. We just got to go out there and do it. And guys can't start flat. Is it fair to wonder if the Bengals need to change the preseason approach and play some guys more? Do you think that's a factor at all? I don't know if that's it. I think just more so like... You know, if you don't, I know you need the reps. Uh, I know people talk about that, but if you, you know, you wake up on Sunday and smell the grass, everybody's ready to go. I don't think that's the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you blame it on this, blame it on that. Nobody has like a, what happened? We came out flat, we got beat. They beat us. How it goes sometimes, man. And um, unfortunately, that's how it's gone in our opener the last couple of years. So we just, we got to really get on it. The touchdown late in the first half, mm-hmm. did you feel like that was a, a, a big momentum swing for Cleveland? It was 3 mm-hmm. nothing nah, at the time. Nah, because we came out and got to stop. So I don't, I wouldn't call it that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's just the end of the world. No, we came out and got to stop. Three and out the next. So I didn't think it was a big momentum shift. I think, um, you know, we just didn't do as great. Guys. And then got put in some tough spots and couldn't find a way out of them, you know? So that's just really what happened. I, I don't. I don't think that that kind of that moment was the momentum shift. You didn't play in the game here last year, mm-hmm. but the Bengals obviously have had a lot of trouble in this building. Yeah. Is it frustrating to come here and just play poorly again? I think it's, yeah, that's really frustrating. You never want to go anywhere and play poorly, particularly like you're in state rival. Um, fortunately, in our division, we'll get to see them twice, so they got to come to us next. Um, can't really got to scrap this game, you know. Can't really think about it anymore. We know with this offense, it's only a matter of time before they get it rolling. Is it almost hard to believe when they struggle as badly as they struggle today? Yeah, I mean, you know what they're used to, and you know we just go out there and encourage them to get back to it, and they'll get back to it. It's not. It's definitely different when they don't. You know, but get that. people have their days, man. It happens, and you can't expect people to be perfect every day. Unfortunately, like this league, they expect you to be perfect every Sunday, and it just wasn't this Sunday. So, um, guys got to get back to the drawing board. I think a lot of guys' pride, pride's hurt. So, I think it would be a good thing for us. You know, um, we've been able to battle out of this back against the wall the last two years, so we'll be able to get it done. Appreciate your time. Thank you, DJ. No problem. No problem. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, time to hear what Zach Taylor had to say after the game as he spent a couple of minutes with Dave Lapham. Uh, Coach, obviously a 24-3 outcome wasn't what you were looking for, but coming out of this football game, the good news is it seemed to come out of it pretty darn healthy. 
Yeah, we'll look at that. But obviously, we want to come out of here with a win and healthy, you know. But um, it's a long season, so we got to make the corrections that we, that we can control and be ready to go next week against Baltimore. In your mind, what are some of those corrections that you feel like need to be made that you can't control? There's going to be a lot of hidden yardage um, in, in just all over the field, you know, that presented us with field position. Um, and then third down, clearly on offense. Uh, we were 2 of 15 or 3 of 15, and that's, that's not going to beat anybody. So um, there, there's going to be a lot of things we can clean up. Defensively, particularly in the first half, uh, two takeaways. You didn't turn the football over. You went plus two. You know, that's that's going to win you some football games when other things are ironed out. There's no question. You know, they, they did a, they did what we needed them to do. And we went for it on fourth down in their territory, and they gave up seven points right after that. Um, had the two turnovers. They really had field position working against them the entire game and held up for us well. So, um, you know, I, I thought that there was there was a lot of winning things that our defense did today. If I'm not mistaken, I think Joe put a glove on. I mean, what, was it that bad out there with that rain? I mean, if it's just drizzling a little bit, that can make a football darn slick with that rosin on it. Yeah, it was as bad as, as we've had since I've been here. You know, so um, that's an element that, that factors into the game, and we got to be ready for it as a team and start to adjust and, again, win on those little small things in all three phases to help ourselves and just didn't do a good enough job of that today. Did Cleveland do anything defensively that uh, that surprised you at all? Or they just, they were very aggressive in their posture on just about everything they did, I guess. Yeah, sure, and, and you should be. You know, there in the first half when it when it gets wet, and it's going to be hard to throw it, and you're going to have to lean on the run game. Um, so they they did a good job of that stuff. So now, as you get ready for the for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you get them at home, and. I mean, what, what did you tell your football team in the locker room right after this football game? we got to clean this thing up tomorrow, put this one behind us, and be ready to be the team that we know we are um, next week when we, we play Baltimore at home. Yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, the last two years this team went to the Super Bowl, went to the AFC Championship game, and lost in Cleveland both years. I mean, it's not like you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah, people make a lot of it because it's week one and there's been a lot of focus on this game. Um, but again, we, we know that it's going to be a long season and we just got to put it behind us, make the corrections, and get ready for next week. A home game against the Ravens is coming up next. Baltimore opened the season with a 25-9 win over the Houston Texans. And it was a tough weekend for football fans in Pittsburgh. The Pitt Panthers lost a home game to the UC Bearcats on Saturday night, and the following afternoon on the same field, the Steelers lost to the San Francisco 49ers 30-7. Before we get to this week's Fun Facts interview, here are a couple of takeaways from Sunday's loss. Number one, people are not going to want to hear this, but I am more concerned about how good the Browns looked than how bad the Bengals looked. Joe Burrow and the Bengals will bounce back. They always do. But the Browns looked like they are going to be formidable in 2023. Deshaun Watson didn't throw the ball very well, but if he continues to improve and gives the Browns solid quarterback play this year, they could be tough to beat in the AFC North. They're strong up front on both sides of the ball, have really good cornerbacks, and one of the best running backs on the planet. I didn't see a glaring weakness on Sunday. Observation two, did not playing the offensive starters in the preseason lead to another lousy opener? It's impossible to say for sure, but Zach Taylor is no dummy, and I don't think he's stubborn. It's probably worth changing the preseason plan just a bit to at least try something different. Then again, if Joe Burrow hadn't strained his calf in the second practice of training camp, the offense might have put 35 points on the board. Observation number three, if the new starting safeties were the biggest question mark going into the season, I thought they got off to a great start. 
Dax Hill had an interception and six tackles, including two for losses. And Nick Scott tied for the team lead in tackles with 11, matching Jermaine Pratt. I also thought that rookie D.J. Turner looked excellent in his snaps at cornerback. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. My Fantastic Fun Facts guest this week is Bengals President Mike Brown. And I should point out that our conversation was recorded before the team's record-setting contract extension with Joe Burrow. Here's Mike. Mike, this is the Bengals' 56th season. Joe Burrow's got three years of experience under his belt. Your coaching staff is in its fifth year together, basically. I don't see any glaring weaknesses on the roster. Does this year feel different to you in terms of expectations? I know better than to have expectations. (laughs) We've played well the last two years. We had good teams. We went to the Super Bowl, two AFC championship games, and we won the the divisional title back-to-back. That's pretty good recognition that we had a good team. But when you look forward, uh, you have to be careful not to uh, claim too much. You have to go out and do it again. You have to prove it all over. It's never easy. Those other teams... Uh, They think that they're just as good or better. And uh, uh, I know we have good teams in the division to uh, contend with. It uh, will be a real challenge. But I also know that we have uh, a pretty good base to start after it. It's not in your nature to make bold proclamations. Was your dad the same way? Oh, he was uh, much more so. Uh, I, he used to, as a coach, always make sure that uh, if they won a game, that was a great victory and everyone should uh, <laughs> recognize it. Uh, it's the case that some of the people in the NFL, the league, they go out and uh, beat their own tub hoping that people won't come. I've seen that uh, done by some very successfully. For some reason, uh, when they go down, it's been so long since they were bragging about their their future that hardly anyone remembers it. But to me, that would be embarrassing, and I was raised by my father to uh, the less you say, the better. Your daughter Katie has been praised league-wide for her ability to manage the salary cap. Are you amazed by her grasp of a very complicated matter? Well, I know Katie. I'm not amazed. Uh, She she was uh, a math major and an economics major in college. She's quite bright enough. Uh, She can figure that stuff out. Sometimes I think she thinks I'm too dumb to understand it. But uh, anyway, I rely on her. The team uh, counts on her to handle this. The NFL is approaching $20 billion a year in annual revenue. What do you make of the popularity and scope of the NFL in 2023? Well, I can't count to $20 billion. 
but uh, I don't think uh, about the money. I honestly got down. I, I just think about uh, having it run the right way. Uh, that means you win. It means your people uh, behave and live the way they should and are part of the community. It means you keep the uh, contentious stuff restrained. And uh, money seems to have a way of being contentious. Uh, the less said about it, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Let's just focus on the games. That's what people really are interested in. You've been known over the years to read and respond to the letters sent to you. We're living in an email world now. Do you still get letters and respond to them? Uh, well, I do. Uh, just a short while ago, a lady that I wrote back to said, Well, you like maps, so here here's a map and it's a map of uh, the settlement of Ohio and how that was uh, uh, how that went forward and it's really quite fun for me to look at it I do like it and she also sent a book to read Uh, I uh, hesitated getting books from people because I like to pick my own Uh, but anyway yes I talked all right I correspond to people and uh, Occasionally I run aground, but more often than not, it works out okay. The NFL allows cameras everywhere in this day and age. We've got hard knocks. Netflix recently had a multi-part quarterback show that was very entertaining. Do you watch any of that stuff? Less than I uh, probably should. Uh, I watched some of when we were on the uh, hard knocks show. It... uh, got to be a trial they you'd be in your office and these guys would just march right in and uh plop down and uh take pictures of whatever you were doing uh, it uh th- then a lot of it most stuff with me just got cut out because uh, <laughs> there wasn't anything that anyone wanted to see but but it it, it could be uh Oh, I wouldn't say annoying, surprising, let us say. You knew what was going on, so you had to be uh, ready to handle it. But it was, uh, it, it was different. We're having this conversation just before the beginning of training camp, which obviously takes place across the street from Paycor Stadium. Do you miss going to places like Wilmington and Georgetown? I do. Uh, I uh, happen to like the old ways. I don't know at this stage whether I would be up to it, but uh, training camp had a, uh, a way about it that was uh, integral to the life, the football life. And uh, uh, it was fun to be around the players. And quite honestly, if you talk to the old ones, they liked it. Uh, they uh, talk about uh, what they did at training camp and the pranks they played on each other and stuff like that. Uh, it's conducive to wonderful memories, I'll say that. Yet I like this way too. It's uh, certainly nice to be able to go home at night and we're right across the street from the practice field. It's good for the people here in Cincinnati. They can come down and watch if they choose. So there are a lot of pluses to having it the way it is now. We've all heard the saying, patience is a virtue. 
many of your fellow owners aren't very patient with their coaching staffs. You historically have been. Do you feel like you were rewarded with your patience for Zach Taylor and seeing how he's grown? Well, Zach's an excellent coach. The first two years here were hard. <clears throat> he was a young coach. He's probably uh, getting hold of himself, but it took a while for him to uh, put the team together the way it uh, worked for him. And uh, I think that's been accomplished. Uh, we have some good players. The problem going forward will be to how do we keep the good players, enough of them. That's what I worry about uh, these days. Uh, Zach uh, has proven himself. If you uh, have a coaching record like his, where you uh, go to a Super Bowl, where you go to a couple AFC championship games and win the division back-to-back, you have proven uh, your merit. Part of the fun of being a sports fan are the rivalries. Who do you consider the Bengals' biggest rival these days? Uh, whoever we play next. <laughs> but uh, uh, our natural rival is Cleveland, uh, but somehow Cleveland has drifted off uh, to consider the Steelers their natural rival. Baltimore and we uh, pound on each other pretty good yet uh, we're sort of far away and uh, now uh, Kansas City uh, Mahomes told Joe that uh, I guess uh, we were going to have a rivalry or something like that so now we have another one to be a rival with. You said to reporters earlier today this is a time for Cincinnati sports to shine. Clearly you're cognizant of the Reds' recent success, I know how closely you follow the Reds, but also FC Cincinnati, UC going to the Big 12, Xavier Basketball's historical success. You seem to be kind of caught up in all of it. Well, it's quite uh, extraordinary. A lot's going on in Cincinnati and sports, good things. And I think that uh, this adds to the uh, life here in town. Uh, I like sports. I think a lot of men do and women as well. It just uh, lifts the spirits of the community when it goes right, and right now it looks like it's going right. It's always a pleasure to pick your brain. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and sign merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. And by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde. And thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.